Hey, Dreamers, this is Dave T. Koenig, actor, writer, director, producer, comedian, all-around swell dude, and host of the Bring Your Own Lunch podcast. I want you to keep on dreaming, have a dream, go after it, tackle life, and do what you feel you need to do to make yourself happy, because we only get one chance in this world, and you might as well enjoy it. Hey, Dreamers, welcome to the Dreamers podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pardo, and uh, as it's been going on, I've been, been joined by my boy, Matt, over here. Hello. And uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun, so I, I decided that uh, I should have Matt uh, continue to come on. So that's that's what we're doing here right now, is he's here. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's always fun to come in and uh, have a chat. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, we're live streaming here on Facebook Live, so if you're not following or a friend of mine on Facebook, you uh, probably should be. So you can check this out live the day before it goes live, which is always uh, neat, a neat experience to, to have a live stream like this because you can actually – comment and uh say you know well comment and say stuff at the same time it's an amazing time to be alive (laughs) (laughs) so all right uh i have like three topics that i wanted to hit on uh this week i actually wrote them down so i'm getting i'm getting a little better at this oh wait is that four things i actually wrote four down four things but matt how uh how, how was your past week man it was good, yeah. I just uh, been working overtime, so I hadn't really got out and uh, done much. But um, it was kind of funny. I was at my sister had, you know, she's seven. I'm sorry, my sister. My my niece is seven, and she had one of her friends come over and they're running around playing. It was just uh, it was amusing hearing these kids talk. Like her her one friend was telling me, uh, she goes, "Oh, my mom went to college," and she goes, "I want to go to college." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that, that's cool. What do you, what do you want to go to college for?" She's like. I want to go learn how to mix up chemicals so I can blow things up. <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> that's, that's interesting. And this, this is a seven-year-old. Yeah, I just, yeah. you know, it's just, <laughs> they say the, the craziest things. It's really funny. Well, there was a show called Kids Say the Darndest Things. Uh, yeah, no, um, but it's it's fun to watch I them. I think they, that was hosted by Bill Cosby, actually. You know, <laughs> they just run around and find ways to amuse themselves. But, you know, every, every so often it's like, Uncle Matt, you know, come entertain us. Or, you know, the, you know be a role judge in Candyland. <laughs> it's uh because they're sitting there, like, trying to out-cheat each other, which, you know, the game's already pretty simple, but they're, like, making up rules about who can take magical shortcuts across the board, and, you know, it's, like, all kinds of nonsense, so it's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, I had a, I had a pretty good week, uh, mostly just working on SuperJoePardo.com, and if you've been following me on Facebook, uh, I think a little bit on Twitter, but mostly on Facebook, I've been live-streaming uh the progress that i've been making with the site and uh hopefully hopefully today well in the recording here it's today but on live stream you know on facebook live uh it's tomorrow uh on tuesday on this release of this streamers podcast episode uh hopefully the site will have been switched over to superjoeparter.com away from howtodream.co with everything that I'm doing kind of voltroning or <laughs> power rangering together to uh, to make this awesome site that enables people to see everything that I do in in a slick awesome way and uh, you know hopefully get to help some more people cuz uh, I'm opening after our talk last week so I guess I have five things on my list uh, after our talk last week I have decided that I'm going to go forward with um, getting clients for for a, a couple different things. I mean, I already have a couple clients, but like I'm going to put a focus uh, pages on on those different sets, right? So uh, there's uh, there's uh, business consulting, 
so which I'm doing for at least two companies right now. Wow. Uh, web design, which I'm doing for uh, well, off and on for one one person right now. Po- uh, actually, I have like two in the wings waiting. So I'm trying to get the site done so so I can concentrate <laughs> on those projects. Uh, what was the other ones? Um, the well, the other thing was dream mentoring. So so business consulting and dream mm-hmm. mentoring. Which is similar to dream, I guess, dream coaching, but uh, with mentoring, and, and I'm taking a page right from uh, my, my my boy Dave Jackson, uh, in, in the, this isn't the same as coaching, right? And as he had put it to me, and I mean, I don't know that he originally came out with it himself, but I'm just giving credit where credit's due. Sure. Uh, you know, coaches stand on the side of, uh, uh, you know, of the game, and they cheer, and they, you know, strategize and stuff like that. Uh, versus, uh, you know, I'm mentoring. I actually want to do the research and help people find that that you know find that dream that they're looking to to do and um, to make. Maybe it's their, you know, maybe it, it becomes their career. Maybe it doesn't. But but at least help people along that path and fi- and find the right path for them. Because just because we want to do something doesn't mean that that's really the thing that we should be concentrating on. So that's what I, where I want to help with with the mentoring. Uh, part of it because uh i have quite a bit of i have a quite a bit of big resume with with interviewing dreamers and writing a book on dreaming and uh just a whole host of, of of living my own dreams and making my own things happen on my own terms which we'll get into a little bit later there uh matt but uh so what what do you think like you, you think i'm making the the right decision no i think there? you are and i think having that outside opinion is important especially from somebody that's you know as familiar with these topics as you are because it's even if you're confident that this is what you want to do it's not easy to go back and, and really look at things because you have your own your, your perceptions obscure when you're just uh when you're just relying on yourself and you're like oh yeah i'm doing great everything's awesome but meanwhile <laughs> to somebody else it's like whoa okay you're making a ton of mistakes i've made those mistakes i could tell you how not to make those mistakes but if you're not gonna you don't even realize you need help you know you're, you're never gonna realize how you'd be doing things more efficiently yeah, I'm all about doing things efficiently. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. writing books and and cutting out the fluff and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so the site is is hopefully going to go live uh, on this Tuesday. Uh, I'm hopeful. I have a like I have a whole list of things uh, on my notepad here. In fact, I'll, let me lift it up for the people watching on on uh, the live stream. The whole book full of stuff, but really comes down to these handful of things at the bottom here that I need to do uh yeah so so yeah so I want to get that together and uh be able to really help people and have people be able to find my stuff and uh be able to like get my courses and stuff like that so uh but yeah I think I think that people are really gonna like what what I got what I got to offer this time uh this time around for for Super Joe Carter they will and also it'll be easier for them to find what you have to offer and also everything's more streamlined now it's more well, i hate to keep using the word efficient but it is I mean, you know, you've really done a great job at uh, revamping the site and then really bring everything together so i'm, well, I'm, I'm excited yeah it's 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 going really well um so hopefully you know we'll be we'll be ready for tuesday if not um you know it might be a few days later but we'll, we'll see what happens uh you know so one thing that that came up this week uh was i was watching <laughs> I was watching a uh, a Nicolas Cage movie as okay. as I've been known to do. Uh, he actually has a lot of movies 
uh, that are at, came out recently that aren't like big budget like blockbuster movies. He he does whatever he can to to get work, which is good. I'm I'm happy because I enjoy watching Nicolas Cage. But uh, but I realized something that uh, it, that goes along with 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 business and all that. And uh, I think I was talking to my my friend Dave Jackson about this on the show. Um, this episode hasn't been released yet, but it will be. Uh, it was about something to the effect of if we if we don't do a good, you know, if we if we put a service out there, right, and we're going to do a service for somebody. Um, just because we we aren't necessarily able to get um like clients for it doesn't necessarily mean that we're bad at what we do it just me might mean that we're not very good at framing it or explaining the pitch and uh that's really it's really tough sometimes right so so that's when it's like okay well maybe what we've done isn't such a bad thing like we're not bad at what we do it's just Maybe we haven't done a good enough job of explaining it, and we need to go back to the drawing board. And how that fits in with Nicolas Cage is, is you know, there's a lot of movies, especially I mean, he, especially him too, that aren't necessarily bad stories. They're just bad, you know. They're not told well, right? Mm-hmm. The editing isn't great. The uh, how it's sold to the person isn't done very well, and. And uh, I, I mean, for in his case, he's done quite a few of those. But there, there's plenty of other movies that are like that. In fact, we watched uh, was it Bound to Vengeance, which was a pretty good movie, I guess. It, it, it's this new movie. Uh, it, I'm not gonna get all into it, but it, it, you know, if you have an hour and a half to kill, it's 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 a it's a thrilling ride per se. Um, but but again, it's it's not like uh, Oscar nomination material. But the thing is, it's a good story. But some of the editing isn't great. I agree with you. I mean, it's sometimes difficult to explain things, even that we are, you know, we're passionate about. Uh, just as an example, uh, Selena's uh, friend's mother came over to pick her friend up, and she saw that, uh, you know, my niece and I were playing the, the Settlers of Catan board game. And she's like, oh, you know, I, I love board games. You know, I'm always looking for new board games to play. And she's like, just kind of going on about it. I'm a big, you know, board game nerd. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And she's saying, oh, you know, my son has a bunch of games that he's bored, looking for something for him. And I suggested a game that I play all the time, I totally love. And she's like, oh, that sounds neat. Describe it to me. And I found myself really <laughs> lost for words. I'm like, well, you got these guys, and then the and like it just became I, on the spot. I really couldn't think how to describe it. Yet you know, I've I've played it dozens of times. I've taught people how to play it. Well, I had to try to describe it to somebody who had zero knowledge of it. I'm like, it sounded terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yet I knew that this her someone would really enjoy because I just you know with the theme and everything else. Um, so yeah, and and I know it's a great game, and like you could have as you said, you could have a great product, but if you're not advertising it well, if you're not describing it well to people immediately people are going to be turned off. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. he doesn't sound too confident in it because he's, you know, he's trying to describe, it sounds like he's trying to sell me something I don't need or, you know, he's, uh, what's the catch, you know? Yeah, <laughs> there's always a but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote it down as, um, you know, sometimes we just have to go back and we have to uh, present it, explain it, and frame it better uh, to, to really get it. Because people want to be sold on something, right? Sure, it, yeah. It, it, Sometimes you can do that with a video. Sometimes you can't do it with a video. Sometimes you have to do it with pictures instead. Um, but that's that's the thing, right? Sometimes we just have to explain it better and go maybe to um, some other people and say and like give them the explanation, like the long form explanation mm-hmm. of everything, and really have them sit down and like 
break it down to what the parts that matter because sometimes the parts that matter to us already knowing what it is because the story or the idea is up here or the um what it is you know we're working on is already up here but but the person can't read our minds and not that we intend for that to come out like that but it's just sometimes it's hard to put yourself in that position of like what if i know nothing but then you get into the 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 whole thing of like well what how much am at what point am I assuming too much that they already know what a board game is? Do, do they know what a board game is? Maybe I have to explain that too. I don't know. You know, so there's, that's where it's like, sometimes we need to go to other people to get that, um, to get that kind that level of help that we can't necessarily give ourselves when it comes to explaining, framing and, uh, presenting our, our products or what, you know, or, or even other people's products. Well, that's why companies have sales teams. I mean, I, I can't imagine a team of engineers trying to go and sell <laughs> a group of people on a product. It's, you know, you've got the guys that are, had the, the knowledge, they had the ideas, but you need someone else to really distill that into the, the bullet points, essentially. It's like, here's why you need this. I know you don't care about the technical details, but here's how it's going to benefit you. And if the person's really interested, you know, hey, you can go talk to our engineering team. They'll give you all the nuts and bolts of it, but, you know, Here's the cliff notes, essentially, and that's not always easy to do, especially when you're you are passionate about something and you just want to talk about every little nuance. And sometimes yeah. that can really turn people off. They're just like, "Well, you had me, and now I don't know. You're just kind of drawing me on, and I've I've lost interest. So let me go talk to this guy over here, <laughs> the cool hat. You know, I mean, what's he got to say? Um, so so another thing that happened uh, that I that I I realized is. You know, it's not that I've real, just realized it, but something that that uh, I've I've had to really work on. I like I'm really bad at picking colors. Like when it comes to picking colors for anything, anything, it doesn't matter if it's we're talking about wall colors or we're talking about like logo colors or flyer colors or website. Like it doesn't matter. I'm I consider myself really bad at this. Like really, like what colors go together and all that stuff. And, and what I realized is that I just didn't have enough patience to work around that. And hmm. I mean, I, I, like in some, some ways I'm patient, some ways I'm really not patient. But uh, to me, it's like, okay. Uh, what I realized is I can pick out colors that work or get me pretty close. Uh, you know, we like when I was building the logo that I sent you for superjoeparter.com, uh, I, I had Melissa come in, but for the most part, the colors that I had picked, uh, we, we adjusted them a little bit, like different shades of the colors, but that, that, those were the colors and that's what we wound up going with. So my, my point is, is that I needed to have more patience to take the time to like play with the colors rather than just saying, Oh, well, blue always goes with these two colors. Like, like a like a math problem or something, you know, where you can just rattle it off. You have to, um, of course. I I know a lot of times, like I've told Melissa, like, oh well, I would like, you know, like she was like, I want to do an accent wall, and she's like, here's the three colors that I picked out, and I was like, what about this other color? And she's like, no, we're not doing that because it doesn't look good. I'm like, yeah, but that's isn't that the whole point of an accent wall? It's not look, but I don't want to go down that road too much. But point is, is I'm bad at it, and I just need to have more patience to uh allow the process to come to me when it comes to that i understand what you're saying i what i would equate it to for me is you know clothes shopping i 
hate the practice of clothes shopping. So when I go in there, I'm not, I don't have the patience for it. I'm just like, all right, this looks, here's a color I like. Yeah, blue, that's good. Yeah, this goes with this. And I come out looking like a train wreck. So I really need someone else, like a blog or some other, to say, no, this is what looks good with this. This is what you should be wearing so you don't look like a, a horror show when you walk out of the store. But if I had the patience for it, yeah, I could probably find something that would work better for me. I, I just, I, I like I said, I just don't have that patience. Or even back when I was, you know, building websites in the early days of the internet, color scheme was a huge thing. I mean, certain colors just clearly did not go with others, and it would turn people off. And, you know, nowadays you have so many options as far as, like, designing, you know, fancy websites with, you know, just graphics, emotion. And, and it, I mean, Photoshop has really changed the game as opposed to <laughs> sitting there in MS Paint and, uh, you know, mixing, like, three primary colors together. But, um, <laughs> no, but it's – but even then, like, I, I, I still needed – an outside source to tell me, okay, you can't have a black background with bright red text, you know, unless you're having some kind of like metal band tribute page, it doesn't work. You know, it's like, well, even that's just hard to read. Right. Exactly. And it's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I guess I never thought of that. Cause I didn't have the patience to sit there and go through all these different color schemes and think about how's it going to look to somebody else or, you know, somebody's colorblind and then you put two colors together and then it just, you know, there's so many things I don't take into consideration again because I just didn't have the patience for. It. I just wanted to do it, get it done, right? And it was up to somebody else to say, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> well, now, fortunately, computers can help colorblind people uh, by not showing those colors or showing variations of sure. those colors. But, but back in the day, that uh, probably wasn't so much the case. Actually, I'm pretty sure that probably wasn't. The I'm, case. I'm exaggerating, obviously. But, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So you're trying to prepare yourself for every every nuance that you could possibly run into, and and I I agree, it it, it does take patience because you know it's like we we have the again we have the idea in our heads, we want to get it out. Uh, we get it out, but the thing is, is do we have the patience to like really sit there and fine tune it, play with the colors, play with all that stuff? It's in in my case, I want to like to get it done, get it done. Like so I have patience right. in some aspects of, of me of my life, and and in other cases, I, I just want to get it out and get it done out of the way. So like for me, that like spending an entire week on my website has been like not painful, but it, it, it's been a challenge to say the least. Sure, I mean you want to move on to the next thing. It's like okay, this is. You know, part two of a, a ten-part project, but yet here I am, a week later, still stuck on part two. This is incredibly frustrating. You know, and while somebody else might say, "Okay, Joe, I see what you're trying to do here." Um, okay, so you need this, this, and this done, and you know, go ahead to the next idea. Right, right. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> do you want to go to the big one, or do you want to go to the, the funny Let, one? Let's go to the big one because you, you've been teasing this all day. You wouldn't tell me what the questions were, and uh, <laughs> so. So, Let's just get it over with. Yeah. So uh, I got a text message, uh, and it, it was basically uh, asking me if I thought that maybe I should try to apply and, and get an interview with uh, with a certain company that uh, has an, an opening for me, potentially, I mean, potentially for me. Uh, it, it, in the company that that um, purchased my my family's company, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, as I I I, I want to be nice about it, right? Um, but but at the same time, like I don't, I'm not ready to give up what I got, what I've built so hard for, what I've worked so hard for. For uh, and I don't want to take away from anybody else's jobs or positions or or anything like that, but like me, like 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. But and I know you're a pretty prideful guy, but like I'm not. Am I'm I? not ready to just give up everything that I'm doing to go get a management job. No, I, I agree. With in, you. in an industry that I, I I've spent extensively most of my life in, and don't want, want any part of. Well, it may surprise you, but I actually I agree with what you're saying, and I'll, I'll give you an example from my life. It does surprise that... me a little bit. <laughs> You know, I always thought that I was going to be a writer because I was an English major. I love books. I mean, I, I could spend all day reading books. And I always enjoyed writing, but I was always told, well, you know, and, and it is. I'm right, Finding a job as an author, a, a steady job, unless you're working for a newspaper, and if you're just doing, like, What's fiction. What's a newspaper? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, yeah, nowadays. Um, you know, it, it's hard to find steady work. And I was like, oh, well, I'll get, like, a business job. I'll go be an accountant. And, you know, I'll do my writing on the side. i got plenty of time to write, you know, the great American novel. And I haven't written a single darn thing since because I've been so focused up in the day-to-day grind at work. And you can't, that the office job, you can't leave it at work. It always follows you home. People will be calling. i got to worry about what's going on the next day. And I really don't take the time to, you know, do what my passion, which would have been writing. So that's really something I missed out on by playing it safe. And... You know, and that's how I feel about you taking an office job, which admittedly, you know, well, this want... would be a management position. Okay. So I'm going to have a lot of headache <laughs> and... on my plate for, right. in my in my mind, not enough money, regardless of whatever the pay. I don't even know. I don't care, basically, uh, what the money because money doesn't really motivate me. So uh, it, it's more about the principle of I don't want to work for that company. That was the company that you know. Um, in, and and it wasn't directly competition for most of the time, but it it uh, partially was. It was always the evil empire, uh, growing up, if you will. That's understandable. I mean, so you know, based off of that, you get mixed emotions. And for me, I would be willing to take. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll sell out for a certain amount of money. <laughs> I'll do whatever, but. But as you said, I mean, it's okay. It's a management position, and I'm certain it's going to be a good salary, but are you going to be happy? And I used to laugh when people would tell me, oh, you know, work's important. You know, whatever job you get, you got to be happy. And I'm like, that's stupid. Whatever job makes me the most money is the job I want. And while there's a certain advantage to that, I have, you know, relatives and friends that are making way more than I am and are just absolutely miserable. And, it, you know, it sounds trite to say money can't buy happiness, but I'm like, dude, you got all this money, you got all these awesome cars, you got this second house and these boats, like, I must be having a party every weekend. And he's like, I'm just really lonely and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like, God, that, that's, that that's sucks. Because they don't, you know, I'm not going to name names, of course, but, you know, they don't even know what their passion is. And I guess they thought, hey, if I got all this stuff, I'll always be entertained. And it's not so... You know, you don't... If you enjoy... Obviously, enjoy what you're doing, you're passionate about what you're doing... Could you be passion, uh, passion in a management job? I, I guess. I mean, if you really liked, hell, I guess you could be like a, you could love accounting and really just love crunching numbers all day long. Oh um, yeah, and I never want to take away from anybody who who wants to have a job. Like it's, you know, I, I'm not anti nine to five. No, but, but for me, like yeah. I'm all about for people knowing what they want and you know what what makes them happy so if if that's what you know if that what makes you happy then that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but for me that it's honestly i've worked i've put too much time and effort yeah. in at this point it's just not going to happen absolutely not you know i think you should pursue your your dream and what you've been doing and 
you know, like I said, uh, for me, taking the safe path has always made me think back, man, I could have been spending all this time uh, doing all this research. I could have written a, at least one book. And and as soon as I said, I'm like, oh, tomorrow I'll do it. And then the next day, it just never happens. So, and I, office jobs are boring. I mean, I work an office job. It's mind-crushingly boring. And the only reason I have somewhat of a good time is I, I work with friends. So that's, you know, a unique situation. Other jobs I've had where I worked in an office or, you know, with anything else uh, technical, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just boring work. You know, I mean, it need, needs to be done. Somebody needs to do it. But I don't feel like I'm really contributing anything to society. I'm not really enhancing my life in any way. Um, just kind of oh, you, uh, you are look look oh. Matt if oh. you if you dive deep right you're mm -hmm. helping uh, you're helping people get keep their computers running sure right and and in the level of what you do is is pretty high level right for the people yeah. in which you're doing it for well yeah but it goes up the food chain and te so technically you are helping people it's I mean it's the same as like when I was uh growing up the the whole thing was like look everything is touched by a truck if uh if if we don't have the parts to to uh get the trucks back on the road then what we're doing like if we don't have those parts then trucks can't run trucks can't run families can't get food families can't get clothes blah 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 so you are and and plus the truck drivers you know they need to stay on the road and they're not making money companies aren't making money and it all it, it, it does all help Right, so so if you look at it from like a, a higher point of view, like a like a bird's eye view type thing, then yes, you you are helping people, and and that is a thing. Yeah, and that's that's true. I never thought about it that way, and it, but again, that goes back to my earlier comments about an outside perspective. I never would have considered that. Right, because you're <laughs> yeah. just in the day to day grind. Believe me, I know precisely. You know, when I was inside the company, people would tell me all the time, like. Joe, I don't think you realize how awesome you know what you have here and what you guys do uh, for the industry and all that stuff. And I'm like, eh, yeah, I guess I don't know. They're like, you're just too close to it to see it. And I'm like, no, no. But but now that I I turn around, and I look, and I'm like, dude, like this was like a really big mountain that I was standing on top of, and and I came off it very quickly, um, falling off it pretty much. And uh, now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was uh, that was pretty big. I um, but I don't know that I ever wanted or need will need to go back to that level of, uh, you know, not income, but but like company value to to matter. Like, because again, money doesn't really motivate me or do anything for me other than pay for things that I need or want. So it, you know, it, I don't, I, I work to work more. I don't work to make money, if that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, you know, just making money for the sake of making money is kind of an empty, uh, empty process. I mean, you know, it's like, look at Scrooge McDuck. I mean, how much money did he have in his uh, giant money vault? But <laughs> does it doesn't really matter. <laughs> he, I mean, he wouldn't lend his nephews a dime. So it's. You know, that's that, why he's got all the money, dude. That, like, come on, now. that's true. But what <laughs> did the money make him happy? No, I, I think. Uh, I think he would disagree with you. Well, that's true. I he don't did. know. I didn't watch the whole. I haven't watched the whole series. Does he? Does he eventually like feel guilty? He, he no. I don't think he ever did. Scrooge McDuck was a very, uh, <laughs> very proud uh, businessman. I don't think he would ever. 
Uh, but you know, I don't think he saw it that way. I don't think he saw himself as screwing over other people. He just uh... well, money made him happy. So you know, again, that goes back to like anything can make you happy. That and there's nothing. Well, depending I, on how you're getting that money or that thing. To be fair, if I had the ability to actually dive into a vault of coins and swim through it, I'd probably be having a good time too. I hope you have a helmet on. <laughs> That's what I hope. Uh, so you don't bash your head in, and uh, yeah, that would not be good. So. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about, so I'm glad that you agree that that this this you know taking that any kind of opportunity like that would not be uh, for me at least at this point uh, of my journey. I think it's critical to pursue your passions. Uh, you know, nothing could be worse than you know later on in life going back and, and playing the the what if game. I mean, you don't want to second guess yourself. And you got plenty of people that will second guess your decisions for you. You don't need to second guess yourself. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> uh, so the, I guess the the one last thing, and I, I don't know if we should even get into it because it's we're already getting up to like the, let's do it. The half no, hour. All right, let's knock it out. So uh, you know the the there's that whole thing uh, with that guy that I I love and uh, so many people love to hate, and that's uh, Kanye West. And you know his whole like, and we're I'm a couple of weeks behind, but but uh, him asking for th- fifty three million dollars because he's got all this debt and stuff like that, and it's uh, for his business, uh, his his uh, business Donda, and you know, to me the takeaway from that isn't so much that he he asked right, like he like he he's self aware, like he knows that uh, if he talks about something that people are going to talk about it. And he knows that uh, if people weren't talking about it, then he'd be worried. But or just because somebody... And I, the, my, my point of bringing him up is uh, just because somebody is creative and, and I mean, I'm not going to get into the argument of whether or not he's 50% more creative or more influential than some of these other people. But I would, I would say that uh, there might be some merit that he didn't say that they weren't influential. He just said he was more influential than them. Uh, and maybe it's because he, ident- you know, people identify with him growing up in cities and, in you know, more people are, ident- more, more people in the world now, whatever. doesn't matter. Point is, is just cause you're that doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to run a business. Right. And, 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 his, and a business like his is, super ambitious like trying to create like everything under the sun and really trying to do a lot of different things like way more than just make like three or four hundred dollar t-shirts that have like nothing written on them <laughs> it's just it's it's a bit ridiculous i i will admit I, I don't own any of uh any donda apparel i probably never will uh but you know maybe if they came down with like fifty dollar t-shirts you know, maybe if I really liked it, I don't know. But name, you know, name brands to me have never really mattered all that much. Yeah, I mean, in, in a practical sense, uh, he's a man that's full of ideas, but maybe not the best uh, at managing his money. I mean, certainly, I, I don't really know much about his debt situation, but if he really is that much in debt, you got to look at, you know, where's your money going? You know, it's a lot of wasteful expenses, but. As you said, though, he is self-aware, and I think that and, – and I had a laugh. You know, I was like, oh, I can't believe you tweeted Mark Zuckerberg. But as you said, people are talking about it, and even if Mark Zuckerberg says, you know, I'm not giving Kanye West any money, somebody else might say, huh, Kanye West, you know, I wouldn't mind investing in him. Like, you know, I could uh, get a portion of those profits. 
So the idea is out there. I mean, and, it's and, just, and he has. He has yeah. gotten contacted by oh, okay. by lots of people that are interested. It's in, it's great self promotion. Uh, it's great advertising. I mean, you know, it's you're reaching out to all these people once. It's it's very scattershot, but hey, it worked. I mean, if he, if he was really serious about getting money just from Mark Zuckerberg, I'm sure somebody of his celebrity could have got Mark Zuckerberg's personal email address or uh, some kind of contact number. But he put or just out, flew over to see him. I mean, <laughs> true, right? <laughs> But no, he put it out in a public space, and you know, I mean, that's and like like you said, I'd work for him. He's gotten the, uh, you know, he's gotten the uh, finances he he needed. I assume he's got. I don't. I mean, I haven't heard any updates mm-hmm. on that, but um, but yeah. So it, it it it's but but my point is is he you know just because you know how to to be creative and do creative things and want to work with passionate people doesn't necessarily mean that you have the the chops to necessarily run a business. I mean. Fifty-three million dollars in debt is 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 quite a bit. Um, it it would, uh, it's actually coincidentally, it's about a third of his net worth. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's all he's worth about a hundred and fifty million, and hmm. uh, yeah, that, that's crazy. Which well, which surprisingly, uh, what was it when I checked up Jay Z? He was like six hundred million. Uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, once you hit a certain amount of money, you get accustomed to uh, living a certain way, a certain lifestyle. So it'd be kind of hard to maybe cut back. But at the same time, well, he doesn't need to cut. Back. No, no, no. See, no. this is the, the business, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't uh, necessarily his. Now, I don't know how the business is structured. Maybe if it were to go into um, like into Chapter 11, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if he personally guarantees everything in the in that business. Um, which is maybe the only way that he could get that far into debt, uh, especially as a, a fairly young business. I don't know, but I don't also know what, who who else is his investors and stuff like that. No, it was just it was surprising to me. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the guy, but it just obviously I, I know the name, I know he's successful, and uh, you know he's certainly. It just surprised me that he have any kind of debt. <laughs> Quite frankly, I mean, I imagine his albums are selling well. I know there's some controversy over the, you know, the most recent release and how he um, made it exclusive to one music service and then uh, the Pirate Bay and all these other torrent sites just or uh, they're not making any money but you know just record numbers of people pirating this material I mean that's well, it's, you know when you don't make it available for everybody to get people are going to get it it's, a, it's like Jurassic Park life finds a way right. baby it's a whole it's a whole other <laughs> argument and uh, yeah I mean the, the pirate versus well, you know, they're stealing it because uh, they're pirates, or they would say, oh, we're stealing it because we weren't going to buy it anyway. It, it, that's that's a debate for another day. <laughs> yeah, it is. But the thing is, I mean, that that would drive me crazy. If I saw people taking my work and, and not profiting off it, but just ripping me off, I'd be going nuts. <laughs> well, most of the money he makes is from touring anyway. That's where all the money's at. And that's true of, of really any uh, musician. I mean, you know, they'll tell you. I mean, the money is on the touring because... but. Not okay. The pirates would agree, but more so the record companies are real thieves there. <laughs> like yeah, so, yeah, yeah. there's you know some of those contracts are just ridiculous, and there's plenty of cases in that industry where people have just been screwed over, and uh, it's it sucks. And I guess it's changing to a degree with you know streaming services now. There's less of a demand, I think, for physical media, but uh, it's not going away anytime soon. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, no, the vinyl records are coming back. Yeah, uh, cassettes too. I heard cassettes are cassettes. for some reason. I mean, I can understand vinyl. I mean, you showed me that one time in uh, the little thing where you're like, "Hey, check this out!" So you put the record down. It wasn't hooked up to anything. You're just like spinning it really fast. Like, wow, that's so cool. It, you know, f- the music is physically being translated into the air, and it's like that kind of took me back. You know, I grew up around records, and I miss that nostalgic uh, 
you know, I, I often use the word is warm feeling of records. Not so much the, the crackles and whatnot, but <laughs> hey, if you take care of your records, it's not so much of a problem. But cassettes, I, I don't get that at all. I, I had cassettes for the longest time. I don't. No, cassette. No. Is there an advantage there? Is there some kind of fidelity advantage? I I'm mean, not aware it, of. No, but it's more convenient. I guess. I mean, oh yeah, it's true. You don't want to carry a whole bunch of records around. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's a, that's like the the thing. But I don't know. I I hadn't heard the cassette thing, but. Uh... Yeah, it's people. There, uh, it's actually I forget the name of the business, but there's one business that for the longest time has been buying up like every cassette, what remains of cassette manufacturers. They're pretty much making monopoly on cassette tapes and. I don't know why it's taken off. I don't know if it's just like a hipster thing or what the deal is, but well, uh, John Walters here in the in the Facebook Live chat room uh, says that cassettes are new punk. I get, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, no, I, I but, remember like going on about a mixtape or something. Sure, like but that. and again, like, but I guess a lot of people too are probably like, why the hell is anybody buying records? I mean, that's stupid. You know, I had records back in the seventies. What's what with you kids? Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, it's but but the the squeeze is uh, the squeeze would be on CDs, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, because if you're gonna go have a CD, you might as well just have an MP3 because it's on sure, your phone yeah. and all that. Um, but yeah, it, oh, it, it's it's getting noticeable. Okay, so so John Walters in the Facebook live chat room says it's, it's getting noticeable. That's interesting. Yeah, so to... yeah, maybe. I mean, well, vinyl has been coming back for the last ten years. Sure. Year over year over year. I mean, anything is greater. Anything above zero is coming back, right? <laughs> so so it's like a heartbeat coming back. Right. But uh, you know, I mean, as as I'll show in the Facebook live chat room, if you haven't seen, like, you can see I have a. Uh, you know a whole whole uh wall of vinyl there and it's it's a little tough to see at the moment but yeah so uh i'm ready (laughs) all right right, so uh i guess we're we're gonna wrap up here right unless unless there's like another hidden topic you haven't no no i think we i think we've hit it we're (laughs) at 37 minutes plus i i think the the interview coming up is with uh rick martinez who uh he's a business coach if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I've, I have, I admittedly have not edited the episode yet, but he has the, uh, the bank project, but I think actually he has a, another, we talk about another project in that as well, uh, that he, he was working on at the time. It was, this goes back a little ways, but, um, but he's a great guy. Definitely would, uh, recommend checking him out and, uh, stay tuned for the, for the interview coming up. Uh, again, if you go on Facebook uh, you know, friend, send me a friend request or follow, and uh, so you can check out these live streams. I've been doing them every Monday with Matt here in the morning. Matt in the morning. That there you guys. <laughs> uh, they go together like Matt and morning. Nope. And uh, yeah, yeah. So Matt, uh, thanks for for coming on again. I hey, really thanks for having it. me. You know, I learned a lot, and uh, I'm thinking now I'm gonna go dig my uh, cassettes out of storage. So no, I'll let you know how that goes. Do you have cassettes? I don't. I don't even know if I have any cassettes. I I might. I might. Yeah. <laughs> It's been so long. I don't know. I I'm pretty sure I do not. I don't even have any way to play them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's our problem. <laughs> At this point, though, I mean, technically, you could play them um, by hand, couldn't you? I think if you. No, actually, I know my my dad. Ooh. I saw he, he dug out a Sony Walkman the other day while they were uh, cleaning out the other uh, basement. So yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But uh, so he's prepared for the new wave. Yeah, he, he is prepared. He's the uh, the forerunner. I am not uh, prepared for that, but. Uh, but yeah, so thanks again, Matt. Really well, appreciate you. it. Looking forward to having you on again. And uh, st- stay tuned for Rick Martinez.
Hey Dreamers, this show is made possible by listeners like you. If you love the work that has been done so far, please consider going to howtodream.co slash donate to contribute. Thank you so much for your consideration and support. Today I'm talking with Rick Martinez, who is making his dreams come true by hustling. Glad you have me on the show, Rick. Hey, it's awesome to be here, Joe. So glad to be here. Do you say it's Austin or awesome? Uh, I mean, you know, you're in Texas, so I'm real close to Austin. So it's not only Austin, but it is awesome today. (laughs) Actually, Austin is a really um, neat place that I I have yet to visit, but I sat next to uh, two ladies from Austin just recently, and uh, they were telling us about how. Basically, how Austin is like so vastly different from the rest of Texas. We, you know, we so I'm just an hour south of Austin in San Antonio, and um, we call Austin the Republic of Austin. <laughs> <laughs> it's its own place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like a little California or a little Oregon or a little Colorado, right? Right no, in Texas. No Everything's in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Rick, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Okay, so, you know, first of all, I, I'm truly stoked to be here, and I'm in San Antonio, Texas. I'm born and raised in L.A., uh, been in Texas since a teenager. I'm, I'm a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for 20 years, and about 15 years ago, I used to use the word accidentally started a company, and now that I've matured, if you will, I realize that success leaves clues. So nurse for 20 years, started a company 15 years ago, sold it three years ago, and since then have been having, you know, the the time of my life really pursuing things that that fire me up, that drive me. And, um, you know, along that path, I really unpacked this whole entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial thing and uh, opened up some other businesses. And, you know, I'm stoked to be here because the timing joke could not have been perfect because we're about to launch something new. And we had no idea when we scheduled this that we were actually about to launch in the next few days. So um, yeah, nurse turned entrepreneur. I'm a dad, married 14, 15 years. My kids are grown. One of my my oldest lives in Austin, actually. And um, that's that's the nutshell version of me. And and of course, we could we could dig or, or poke or prod, but, um, that's who I am. And I'm just, um, my superpower is, is I smile a lot and, uh, I, I, my smile is infectious and, um, there you go, Joe. So yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> no, I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and, uh, are, are you still like able to practice nursing if you wanted to, like, is that still like, or do you, would you have to like go back to school at this point? Cause it's been so long. Yeah, no. So that's a great question. And I actually, I left bedside nursing about seven years ago and I do maintain my license. So I'm still a registered nurse. And um, like most licensed professionals, I have to go through CEUs or continuing education every year. So the short answer to your question is since I maintain my license, I might be rusty, but um, I could jump back into uh, bedside nursing or using my license to work pretty anytime. Oh, well, that that's awesome. And such a smart idea. I mean, rather than let all that education and time and effort go to waste uh, to keep it going. And, and you know, who knows? It, it There might be a bigger purpose for that down the road that you, we just don't see yet. 
you, you're right. You just never know. And you know, the funny thing is that I, I actually, I know folks who, uh, because I've been a nurse 20 years they're they've maybe done their 20 and some of them let their licenses go. And, and I use, I liken that analogy to business. You know, once you get your license, it's just a matter of doing a little tiny bit of work every year to keep it going. Just like in business, when you get to this point where you're really in hyper growth mode, a lot of times you just have to spin that wheel just a tad to keep the momentum, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And, and, uh, which is good because you can put that effort that you would be spinning into something else and growing that and getting bigger in other ways. So, uh, I, I agree. I mean, that, that's the beauty of, of creating systems and, and always striving for efficiency, um, in everything that you do. But, sure. uh, that was like a totally random question that I, I was just <laughs> curious myself, but, uh, so let, let's go into, um, uh, you know, what, what was your, your first business about when you left nursing? You know, so it was a very non-sexy business, but I learned a ton and it's uh, we staffing. I, I had a staffing company. So, uh, I, I became my first employee. Basically I staffed myself to a hospital. Um, you know, there's, there has, and, and likely always will be, um, a shortage on, on skilled medical personnel. So, um, I, I had a skill that was needed and, and I was good at my job. I was a, I was a good nurse, an ER nurse. And, um, I staffed myself and I was my first employee. And, uh, we, then my girlfriend, who's my wife now was my second. And we went from two to 600 in the course of eight, eight or nine years. And so, um, where we ended Joe, actually the company still is still live now, but uh, now it's a federal contracting company. So five years into it, we, took a big pivot and just worked with the federal government. So what we did is we put doctors and nurses into military hospitals um, across the U.S. Oh, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. 600 people. I mean, that's that's a tremendous responsibility to all of those people. And uh, obviously, being a nurse, you know a lot about, about responsibility to people. No, no doubt. There's a, there's a very unique, like you said, you know, as being a nurse, there's a unique responsibility to, uh, to that person who's in front of you at that moment. And, and, uh, it's a, it's a great responsibility, you know? Definitely. And, and, and to your point, I, I would hope that the business was still going on cause you just sold it three years ago. So <laughs> I would hope for, uh, all those people's sakes that are tied into it, that, that it would still be, uh, today. So let's move on to how, how did we get to Biz Academy Online? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a great story. And I'm glad you asked because, um, you know, it's, it's through stories and sharing that we all honestly get to grow. And the podcast, what we're doing now is a prime example. You know, we get to share some time together. And uh, by the way, for the folks who are listening, I love that you have Mickey Mouse ears in your background. I mean, I am I'm a Disney fanatic, but um, oh, awesome! Glad, glad you, yeah, you love it. Even those all almost every medal on that wall right there is a Disney medal, except one. One is not. That was a that, Philly. That was a Philly medal. <laughs> that is that is too cool. I just I love seeing. You know, yours, there's a part of your story, Joe, that's unfolded right behind you. And I know the the listeners can't see, but uh, I, I think it's cool to actually to, to be on a podcast, to be talking and to be able to see each other. But um, so back to it is is uh, in 2006, while my company, it was called it's called MedTrust, while the company was growing, um, the military activated me. I was a reserve army nurse. So for 18 months, I, I went to serve at Walter Reed, 
and I worked with amputees for 18 months. And, and that was the first big life change for me because I had not been used to that type of client of client. And I say that very sterilely, but, um, when I zoom into what I did is I took care of kids who were blown up and it changed my life to the extent that when I came back from that tour, when I mean from came, went from DC back to Texas, I needed to do something different. So I opened up some CrossFit gyms and I'm, I'm no longer a licensee. Just want to make sure I, I want to make that clear, but, um, opened the gym and started my next business and, uh, worked with amputees for years and through the sport of CrossFit and fitness and became a trainer and did that for a while. And the company Medtrust was still going and uh, started a t-shirt company. So again, I was bit by that entrepreneurial bug. So did a few things, um, learned a lot. And about 2011, I just, I felt like I was in need of a change and not quite sure what. And you know what it was, Joe, is I just wanted to get in touch with my deeper set mission or values some deeper uh, core purpose and um, begin searching while these businesses were rolling and begin searching for it. I took yoga and started reading books and I, I read a lot of books, but more focused books, um, purpose driven life, things like that. And uh, explored spirituality and all these different things, trying to figure out what was missing. And in 2012, I had an accident. I dropped 225 pounds on my leg and it crushed it. And it was then that it was then, Joe, after the accident that I realized it was about a bigger picture. And my life changed radically. I sold my company. I closed my gyms. Um, we had, when I say we, my wife and I had been angel investing and in, in new startups and mentoring. And I made a radical shift and decided to teach. And so I started facilitating and leading um sessions or, or long or day long sessions, just training entrepreneurs to grow and scale uh, their businesses. And uh, I love it. I've been doing it for several years. And so how did I get to today? Well, I love that part of my of my life where I get to work with um, the hungry entrepreneurs who want to grow the hustlers in life, the ones who are going to make a big dent in the universe. But I wanted to do it now where I could spend more time with my wife because my kids now are just about out of the house. My last kid is his last year of high school. And so my wife and I talked, it's like, how do we do this? And we launched Biz Academy Online. Basically, simple, Joe, is to, is to package it all up and deliver all of my, my knowledge and what I've learned and wisdom, not just mine. Let me just take away that word mine, but everything I've learned from the last few years in business and launch an online course. And we literally are going live in about a week from this interview in, in November. So that's how it's all come back to, um, to living the life of a dream is sometimes to the tune of your podcast, which is awesome. Sometimes we just don't know where it's going to come from, but allowing the space for it to to impact us is where sometimes those dreams really come to life. I, I'd agree. How long have you uh, been working on Biz Academy online? So I've been, so the actual work on the business of Biz Academy, we've probably been into it uh, about four to five months. And when I say the, the work, I mean development of, of our uh, marketing channels, of the website, of the content, uh, of the videos involved, um, uh, of several, several months. And to be fair, it's, it's not just me. In fact, I, I'm the one really being pulled along because we've outsourced a team of incredible folks. And, um, it's been a, it's been a nice 
awesome team effort and we're here we're here and we're, we're ready to roll well that that's awesome man i'm, I'm really uh, happy for you <laughs> i appreciate that uh so so how did how does your family take the, the when you were like hey i'm a nurse and and now i'm going to just uh go into the wild west of owning my own business and and i'm employee number one you know that uh that's something that it's something that I honestly, I didn't really consider, but looking back, it's probably the biggest consideration that every uh, new or emerging entrepreneur should consider. And, and family to the extent of your spouse, uh, your loved ones, your kids, because as you know, you're about to jump into a just a crazy wave ridden pool and you never know where you're gonna wash up or if you're gonna ride the waves or get splashed in them. But I, I didn't put a lot of thought into it because here's why, is I had just gotten divorced. So I was, I was alone. Uh, my kids lived in a different city here in Texas. Uh, I, was, I was dating my wife. So, uh, you know, tongue in cheek, the biggest tie I had at that time was to my lab. My, my, my 10-year-old Labrador uh, was was my biggest uh, root or anchor at that time. And, and she was pretty agreeable to whatever I wanted to do, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> so with, with, uh, setting out on that, on that block of, of becoming an entrepreneur, um, what's been the biggest roadblock that you've had to deal with and overcome? You know, it's, um, this is a very cliche answer, but there's been a ton of roadblocks, but if I was to pick one, I, I would say it's it's not knowing what I don't know. There's a certain bliss in that ignorance, but there's also a lot of pain in that ignorance. And uh, trying to figure it out on my own because I didn't know where to go or where to turn, uh, thinking I was making the right move because maybe I wasn't surrounded with the right folks or didn't know where those folks were, you know, groups or other like entrepreneurial groups. So I think the biggest lesson I learned was um, – if I was to reflect back and say, Rick, learn this lesson, it's to be wise, you know, not, not to take everything like, um, uh, the charging bull, like we can, we can charge to do anything, but to be wise and rely and listen to the wisdom and experience of others, period. It's not, has nothing to do, Joe, honestly, with the tool or with the website that would have helped me or, or some great shiny object. It has to do with this very human aspect of, of being wise and leaning on the wisdom of others. That was my biggest lesson learned and the thing that if I could, I would change. And I, I don't know what it would have changed, but I know it's something I teach and preach now. It's lesson number one. It's surround yourself with the tribe of people who are on their way up or are already up and listen to them. I, I'd agree. The, uh, you know, one one of those things that I, I keep preaching against is that, you know everyone wants to run around saying the word expert all the time, and and I I, I take the you know the way I see it is I, I'm not an expert in in anything. I do a lot of different things, um, but uh, I'm a professional, and professionals practice. Professionals get better. Professionals get. I see I see you writing something down there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, professionals, uh, they, they get, they make money. They, they're supposed, they can be the best at what they do, but they're not, you know, just like baseball teams or football teams. They, they have professionals. They don't have, you know, the football experts. Um, they, you, an expert to me would be like, Hey, I'm an expert in Latin. 
well, yeah, that's great because Latin's not going to change a whole lot. You know, there's a, it's kind of plateaued in what we know, and maybe a little bit will grow, but it, it, it's stagnant. And, and every, every, pretty much everything we do learns and grows and changes. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I, it's funny you say writing down because I'm, I'm a fanatical note taker, not only with my pen, but uh, with Evernote. And because we can't remember everything. Yeah, I mean, and we can't remember everything. You know, we'll, I, we all go through our days and we'll see things or hear things and we're like, oh, I can't wait to tell my so-and-so about that. And then at the end of the day, we're like, what was that thing? So it's like a, it's a habit of mine. So I'm a professional note taker. I was going to say expert, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, that's, a, that's one skill, right? That's a, you know, note taking does change like Evernote and stuff. Though Evernote's been around for, wow, like probably almost a decade now. Because uh, I recall yeah. using it in pro- probably like 06 or 05, something like that. And uh, I've loved it ever since. I'm so glad that's still free. And if you're not using Evernote, you should be. Uh, it's tired. It's tried and tested and true and and amazing. Uh, and it's it's got the length behind it. So uh, Evernote.com. And I don't get paid for that. But there, again, it's a free service. So it's a um, cool. It's do, a cool. Do you service. actually pay for it? Because there there I know there is a paid service. I've never paid for it, and I use it all the time. You know, so I do now, and here's why. Because there are some features of the uh, paid service. Like, for instance, now that we have a team, and part of them are in Canada, part are in Missouri and California, we can share a note easily on Evernote and sync it up across all our devices. So there are a few little things that, um, that I didn't need in the beginning. So I used a free version for a while. And now that, that we've grown and we're doing things and... Um, I think my Evernote now is as big as a dictionary if it was a literal book, but um, I, I do pay for it now. I, you know what? If I had a team that I was working with like that, I, I could totally see paying for it. It's not even expensive. It was a five dollars a month or something. It's wicked inexpensive. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's reasonable. So reasonable for what you get. <laughs> so as far as growing up, when you were growing up, did you did you aspire to be a nurse or or were you uh, dreaming about being something else? You know, I, I want to think, I want to think Joe, that I probably had, um, a prototypical, uh, young male kids dream. It's, I, I wanted to be either a doctor or a professional athlete, uh, depending on what I was watching or seeing at the time, it could have been, um, uh, green beret, but I, I knew that I was aspiring to be something that made a difference. And I didn't know then that those that, that what I was want, that's what I was wanting to do. But I know now that I just again, like every young child, they they dream and aspire to be something just outstanding. And the one that kept uh, emerging as I got older was I wanted to be a doctor. And um, I don't have any. Do- I have one doctor, like twice removed from my mom's side in the family, but essentially a non-medical family. But I was always attracted to the medical profession and. I've had like nine surgeries in life, been you know, broken bones. So I always liked the atmosphere. And um, so being a physician was where I wanted to be. And I, I actually thought that's where I would end up until I flunked out of college. So <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> and it was and thank goodness for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we put you on the path that you're on. Yeah. You know, sometimes the, the most adverse events are the ones that propel us to, uh, to, uh, on paths or to heights that we could never have imagined. So, but yeah, I flunked out of college and 
and uh, got married. I was married to my first wife and she went to medical school and she's a physician. And I thought I, I was rekindled. My whole medical, uh, my medical drive was rekindled. And I thought, you know what? I really want to be a nurse. And I, I don't have any explanation as to why, Joe, but uh, I really wanted to be a nurse, having been surrounded again for a variety of, in a variety of situations by medical folks. And uh, went to nursing school and graduated in 95. So, you know, the rest is nursing history. <laughs> so, Rick, what does your dreams for the future look like now that you're six days away from launch? And, and I mean, when this comes out, we'll be at the end of January, beginning of February. Yeah. So what do your dreams look like in the future past January or February? This, this is so Joe, this is this is a very interesting podcast for me for those reasons, because we're recording this in November and I I have this blessed opportunity to be on a bunch of podcasts and they usually don't come out like like you said, for six weeks, eight weeks later. And in that gap, you know, time continues to move. So if I could predict the future, like for the listeners who are listening to this in January or whenever it airs and they're hearing about the product launch two months ago, because, you know, if, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the, of the listener two months from now, so I'm about to launch a product one week from the time we're recording this. And now we're listening to this in January. So what are my dreams today for the launch and then beyond? And I, if you don't mind, I think this is kind of fun to tease it out because I make it a statement, right? No, go ahead. It's your show, man. <laughs> Our launch, it's, it's a course and very, very conservative goals. We have a very warm market we're pushing this out to. And I, it's my word pushing. Uh, but um, 10 to 20 sales, that's it. Just 10 to 20 of, of this course in people's hands through an e-course. So in January, we will, by the time you see this or, or hear this, uh, 20 people will have signed up for this course and their entrepreneurial lives will be radically changed for the better. But further, in development for the next month that we're launching in January or by the time our readers, I'm sorry, listeners hear this is we will have launched our membership site because, you know, accountability is a huge part of it. And the, the shiny new objects are fantastic, but unless we continue to sharpen our axes or swing our hammers, we just won't get better. So our membership site will have been launched. It's launched now. Again, I'm, I'm future casting. And um, it's for hungry entrepreneurs who, who want to grow and scale their businesses so that they can live the life of their dreams, right in tune to what your podcast message is. And so beyond that, Joe, is, is my wife and I are living um, – the life that we have envisioned for ourselves and we work together. She's right out here in the other room. And um, we've been working in our companies together for 15 plus years. So we're doing this from anywhere. So if we were to, to get back together, say in the summer, uh, we could do this exact same conversation, only you might see a beach behind me. And my business, the business would be thriving. So, you know, I, there you go. That's, that's what I see. Well, I hope I hope that's the case. Um, how, just curious, how much is your your course that you're looking to sell ten to twenty of? Out sure. Of the so gate? that's you know it's four, it's four ninety seven. That's four hundred ninety seven dollars, and um, it's a six week module course. It it um, uh, the, I don't want to to blow a pitch out here on on the show, but, but um, in fairness, it's 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 recapping 
some of the things that I wish I had known and then getting into real tactical business building stuff, but very simple. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking, um, you know, Facebook retargeting stuff for, you know, Facebook 404, things like that. Just really simple tactical stuff. And, and, you know, for, for the medals in the back on your wall, they're from running. Yes. They're from, okay. And the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of people have visions of finishing a marathon and that's a great, that's a fantastic goal, but you got to start with the 5k. You have to understand what shoes work for you, rehydration, all the things. In other words, there's a foundational aspect to every endeavor that we want to become an expert or professional at, right? It, it doesn't matter what it is. And the thing is, Joe, is that we seem to think that it doesn't apply to business, that we can just buy this thing and we have this magical business churning revenue overnight. And we don't run marathons that way. That's not how we become professional golfers or how we write books. It takes time, effort, accountability, step by step, a lot of times hand-holding by the right people. Like I said, my big words of wisdom, if I had learned, were surround yourself with those folks and getting the fundamentals. Babe Ruth didn't step up and smack a home run. He had to learn how to hold a bat and then swing a bat and then place his feet. And then, you know what I'm saying? What I, I guess what I'm alluding to is, foundational elements are critical with any endeavor that we choose to become a professional and or an expert at. And that's where the course starts. It's, it's something I think has been sorely missing from the entrepreneurial world because, uh, and I'm not knocking anybody, but I can go on Facebook right now, November of 2015, and probably be slaughtered with 10 ads about the greatest new marketing thing. And you know, a tool without understanding how to use it can be dangerous in the wrong hands to the extent of we, man, I, I had a friend, so I, this is a funny story and I actually use it because this is true. He wanted to, um, he's a fellow business owner and uh, to the tune of how tools can be dangerous. He wanted to um, trim his bushes in his yard, big, big hedges, hedges and uh, some trees. So he went out and bought a chainsaw and, um, yeah, don't, don't worry. It's not going to have a very graphic ending, just so you know. But went out and bought a chainsaw and thought, I can do this. You know, I mean, how hard can this be? I see him do it on TV. You know, I've seen, I've seen the shows. There's an instruction manual. I, I got this, right? And whether it's a typical male mentality, I'll just, I don't know. I know the guy. He's pretty, he's, he's a pretty level-headed fella. So proceeded to start his chainsaw. And everything's perfect. Instruction manual was spot on, right? The, the, the place where you put the gas in was right where it was supposed to be. The starter button, the this, the that. It even made the sound it was supposed to. And thank God he had also purchased the upsold headphones because it wasn't even really that loud. And he was like, oh, man, I got this. So I'm actually, you can see me and I, I like, I usually act out what I'm doing. So he gets the chainsaw and it's revving up, right? And there's the, just an average size tree branch about the size of a wrist, puts it on the edge, touches it. And the chainsaw, as soon as it hits the branch flips back because he didn't realize he was supposed to put a certain amount of pressure on it. And I'm not a chainsaw guy. The chainsaw hit the branch and immediately like bounced straight off of it, like wicked fast. He moved out of the way, but it grabbed his finger. It grabbed his finger. Now, he, it didn't, again, it's not graphic, but he was able to, the way the chainsaw hit his finger, it was spinning, the chainsaw had flipped, so it was spinning the other way. So it didn't, well, it didn't cut his finger off. But he realized, oh my God, 
I don't know how to use this tool. And I almost had a catastrophic accident. Now in business, the things that happen, Joe, are we fail. Um, we lose a lot of money. We lose friends. We lose employees. We lose spouses. We lose all these things because we think that just buying a tool and reading the instruction manual, we're going to chop trees down. And that's rarely how it happens. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> if you, you gotta have a, you gotta have a solid plan and he, he thought he did, but the foundation of like, I guess actually talking to someone who uses as a chainsaw, like go across the street to your neighbor or next door to your neighbor, <laughs> somebody, you know, that owns one of these things and, and actually asking or go and check YouTube. Cause I'm sure one of the first things they would probably tell you is make sure you apply pressure because while it will do the work for you, uh, it will, you know, come off because it's a spinning uh the, the rotation and everything yeah <laughs> and you know i was i thought you were gonna go with um he tried chopping down uh like a branch that was on top of another branch or something and then it like came up and like hit him in the face or, or something no, like that no. <laughs> because you have to watch when you're cutting like a, like a yeah. tree fell over you have to watch all i mean i'm not a i've never even touched the chainsaw in my life but uh i know how to listen to people who do who know how to use things so uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm glad that he uh, did not lose his finger and uh, learned a, a a tough lesson. Uh, you know, and I'm sure. Uh, I wonder if his ego is hurt a little bit that he, you know, didn't know how to use a chainsaw, even though he uh, thought that he had all the resources about around him to do so. <laughs> I think I think he may have actually thrown his chainsaw in the garbage, like in one of those, like, oh my god. I can't believe it and just toss the whole thing away you know? wow <laughs> well well rick before we wrap up here and and we tell everybody how they can connect with you uh is there any last thoughts you'd like to share you know just, this was a totally unplanned last thoughts but on the other hand is this is usually how conversations start to wrap and you know i'm just i'm just so thankful joe that um we connected and uh that we are able to share and that I was able to see your wall because I learned, no, seriously, because I mean, through Skype, through Skype, we were able to connect, have a conversation, share the things that drive us with your listeners, with the world. And I got to see that you're, you're a fan of not only running, but Mickey Mouse and that you have, a, it looks like a turntable also. So it looks like you have a turntable there, but, um, you know, so maybe you have old school vinyl and, um, it's, it's cool to it's cool to connect visually and uh, you know to see you and to hear you and I'm just I'm just so glad to have met you. So that those are my parting thoughts is is folks if I could summarize this it's you never know where uh where your new friends are going to come from and leave yourself open to opportunity because sometimes fantastic things happen if we choose it and allow it. So I, I appreciate you, Joe. Oh, well thank you, Rick. I appreciate you too and I appreciate you coming on and talking about all your stuff and uh, I would love for you to share how people can connect with you. Yeah, so sim simple ways. They could go to um, www.bizacademyonline.com. Uh, they can connect with me direct. And I have, uh, this is my own website. It's therickmartinez.com uh, or Twitter. My Twitter handle is PurposeHack. It's the at sign, uh, ampersand, and PurposeHack. And either one of those, because if you tweet me out, I, I respond to my own tweets and I use it often. And uh, on those websites I gave you, there's my Facebook profiles, or if you drop your email into the box, I reply to everybody. So easiest way. 
Awesome. Well, I will have that in the show notes so people can connect with you. And is it the as in T-H-Y or T-H-E? T-H-E. Oh, okay. Well, you said the as in the, you know, the the old English uh, way of saying it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and by the way, this is a turntable next to me. My mic was on mute earlier. (laughs) That's, That's why Rick paused. And uh, I do have a whole wall of vinyl um, right to the side of me that you can see in like all my most of my videos that I do. So it's it's a nice backdrop. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, you know, so again, I really appreciate you taking the time, Rick, for coming on. I, I appreciate your your time as well. I mean, heck, we're both here spending some time together, you know, so yes, I appreciate yes. you as well. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.